I saw on the message board, there were people in, who invested a million dollars at 250 bucks. Right. I've never lost $500,000 in a day. Have you? No. I imagine that can't <laughs> feel great. No. Right. The weird thing is the only people that are making money are the ones who are double crossing the people that they're Mm -hmm. pretending to be loyal to. Absolutely. The ones who sold along the way. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of The Capitalist Investor. As always, you got Mark and D. Mark, what's up, man? How you doing? What's up, buddy? I'm doing A-OK. You? Uh, Good. You know, can't complain except about the weather. Yeah, we're talking about vacations and, and stuff. Never going on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> I need palm trees in my life badly. Uh, yeah, I have to see the sun soon or I'm going to lose it. Yep. Yep. It's about that time. You know, February in Cleveland, Ohio, that's the battle. It's a dark time. It is. <laughs> it most definitely is. Dude, I made it through January just fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is where it hurts. Yeah, like Monday for me is when it started. The entire month of February <laughs> is just like, it's mm-hmm. a straight up beat down when you live in Cleveland, Ohio. Yep. If you can make it to March, you know, the you can- There's, The end is in sight. Yeah, exactly. This month sucks though. <laughs> yep. Miserable. Snow on the ground all the time. It's always snowing. Never oh. gets above freezing. Dude, my windshield wiper stuck <laughs> to my windshield the other day mm-hmm. when we had a snowstorm, like what, two, three days ago? Yep. And I tried to chip them off snap the windshield wiper in half. <laughs> I had to drive home with only one windshield wiper. I was literally like hanging in. I was in the passenger seat, dude. <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, Cleveland in February, not a great place to be. Nope. All right, man. So let's, uh, given all of this circus act that's going on in the markets, I mm-hmm. thought it would be very valuable for us to communicate with all of our listeners and talk about six actionable lessons for investors, especially given everything that's going on right now. I think all of these lessons will stand the test of time. It doesn't matter what's happening in the market, but I think it's even more important that you and I go through this and explain a few lessons that we've learned along the way that we think our listeners should be implementing in their day-to-day investing situation. Yep, absolutely. So let's kind of go through these. I picked out three, you picked out three. I'll go first okay, and then you can go with number two and we'll just keep going back and forth. So the first one I'm bringing to the table is nobody ever went broke taking a profit. I don't know if you've been on the Reddit message boards, man, but (laughs) dude, if you sell that stock, Mm -hmm. they're not being very nice to you. No. (laughs) All right. The nicest thing they will call you is paper hands, (laughs) which is the opposite of diamond hands, I guess. Mm -hmm. Right. But nobody ever went broke taking a profit. If you were fortunate enough to get into GameStop at 20, 30, 50 bucks, and you watch the thing go up to the mid 400s, and then you watch it come all the way back down, like that's not fun. You left a lot of money on the table, (laughs) right? So taking profits is a good way to close out a trade in the green. For sure. You're actually booking a profit right? Mm -hmm. It's not a bad thing unless you're part of that Reddit message board. And it's really bad if you take a profit. So let me ask you this. So this guy, it's deep, deep effing value. (laughs) I think when GameStop was around $350 a share, you know, allegedly he was worth on paper about $45 million. Do you think he is Photoshopping his stuff now? Do you think he sold any along the way? See, so this is very interesting (laughs) because this all boils down to a question of loyalty. Right. The camaraderie of this group, 
essentially says that you do it's groupthink. You do what we're all doing. Right. And if we all continue to hold the line, diamond hands, all that stuff, everything's going to work out just fine. But that's not the reality of the situation. <laughs> the weird thing is the only people that are making money are the ones who are double crossing the people right. that they're mm-hmm. pretending to be loyal to. Absolutely. The ones who sold along the way. <laughs> so I got to tell you, man, he'd be really foolish if he didn't take some profits along the way. Right. Right. I really hope he did. I hope he did. <laughs> Just too, a little man. bit. You know, I, I hope he a little did rainy too. day fund. Right. Right. Just throw a million bucks in the bank. There has to be some success stories that come out of this. There right. has to be. Mm-hmm. This can't all be tears. <laughs> this can't all be stories about the people who got in at three, four hundred bucks. Right. Who I saw on the message board, there were people in, who invested a million dollars at two hundred and fifty bucks. Right. I've never lost five hundred thousand dollars in a day. Have you? No. I imagine that can't feel great, (laughs) right? So look, man, I hope he took some profits along the way. I really do. I hope a lot of people took profits along the way. Yep. At least we'll have some happy success stories coming out of this. Yep, absolutely. All right, you're up. But yeah, that's a good one for sure. What I like is, so, you know, there's a lot of tips out there. So I've kind of boiled it down to the three I like the best. And one of my favorite ones is take calculated risks. Yes, So, you know, this is kind of the buy when others are fearful type of situation, which if you just take a look at that on its face, when has that not worked? And, you know, I am certainly not the world's greatest trader. I honestly don't even do it that much. I'm more of a long-term buy and hold type of guy. And and I do my, you know, some stuff on the side, but, you know, I'm reminded of Christmas 2018. The market was down about almost 20%, I think, in that fourth quarter. And on Christmas Eve, I said, this is absolutely ridiculous yeah. <laughs> what's going on here. Yeah. And I put all the money that I had on the sidelines into the SPY and QQQ. Good move. Like, I'm not going to get cute here, but what is going on here makes absolutely no sense. Yep. Everyone's panicking. Yeah, everyone's talking about trade wars, you know, that even if it happened, wouldn't have this impact that it's had on the market. So, you know, that is a good example. Uh, I've, you know, not taken that advice several times, but when others are fearful, it's typically a good time to buy in. So that would be a good example of taking calculated risks. The word calculated is the most important part in that statement. Buying something because everyone else is buying it. That's not a calculated risk. You did no calculation at all. All you did was join the group thing and you (laughs) did the same thing everyone else is doing. Right. Right. And that's unfortunately where a lot of people are going to be losing their shirts. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's all about making sure that risk is calculated. Do your homework. Yeah. I mean, do some homework. I think the people that are going to get hurt the most during this GameStop slash Reddit slash Robin Hood frenzy are those people that did no homework. Mm -hmm. They didn't calculate their risk. They showed up late to the party, you know, and it's like a Ponzi scheme. If you're one of the late investors, you're the one who really gets pummeled. All right, good one. All right, so next up for me, number three here is play with the house's money and let it ride, baby, (laughs) right? So look, it always makes sense from my standpoint. If I invest $50,000 into a specific security, and it goes up to $150,000, which, I mean, that's a great return, right? You're All of a sudden, you're at 3x, right? I mean, that happened with like DermTech. That was one that I pitched that's probably 4x where I pitched it. Silvergate is probably 3x where I pitched it. So, you know, we've had those kind of situations. 
What I think always makes sense when you see a substantial run up like that is to play with the house's money. All right. So if I put $50,000 into a position, it grows to 150,000. Why don't I take my 50,000 back and let the 100,000 ride? Mm -hmm. I can micromanage that position much less when I know it's all my gains that are risk at that point. Right. And if the thing were to lose 20% in a day, I'm not going to panic. I got all of my principal back. Right. You know, like you can stomach a little more volatility if you play the game that way. Right. You can definitely be more aggressive. Yeah. And then you can take those profits and pump it into the next idea. Exactly. You know, I think that's a great point because what I think is one of the most overlooked aspects of investing out there is opportunity cost. So, you know, if you're, you know, only have, let's say, you know, $100,000 to invest, and 50,000 is tied up in this one stock that you know you're emotionally attached to like an ExxonMobil exactly yeah. uh, you know that's a great example right there what is happening to the market while you're you know waiting for that one stock to go up it is a classic behavioral finance issue that we see time and time again so so yeah that's a great one all right you're up my man all right well that's a good segue into one i thought was very timely excesses are never permanent. Ooh. So, you know, basically, again, that can apply to what we have seen over the last couple of weeks here with the meme stocks and, yep. and the GameStop. But yeah, I think everyone's best example of that is back in 2000, 2001, right? When the tech stocks, you know, the everything.com, yeah. <laughs> everyone was buying as fast as they could. Yep. We saw that those valuations made no sense. And eventually everyone figured that out and all of the excess of those stock price went away pretty darn quick. Yes. There can be a dislocation between the current stock price and the true intrinsic value for a short period of time. Right. Especially when it is a ridiculous dislocation. Mm -hmm. Right. If it's a small dislocation, those can persist for years. Mm -hmm. Right. But eventually we always go back to the intrinsic value. Exactly. Right. And I think, you know, that's part of what's been going on with GameStop, mm -hmm. right? I mean, GameStop, look, I hope they survive, right? I mean, that's probably how you and I used to buy video games when we were <laughs> 17 years old, right. you know? Mm -hmm. It's really not how people buy video games anymore. They tend to download them. I hope the company succeeds. I hope the stock price eventually does better and better. It's just, it's not a 10 or $20 billion company right now. And yep. that's the problem, mm -hmm. right? So the only way it, the stock price stays high is if these investors really do hold the line and they really do have diamond hands and they really <laughs> don't sell. Right. You know? All right. Good one. All right. My third one is begin with the end in mind. Know your exit strategy. So, D, we always talk about how price matters. Right. Like, we're only willing to buy something. In order for us to buy a stock, we have to love the story of the stock, right? Their growth story. What are they doing? What are the catalysts to take the stock higher? What's the total addressable market? Do we like the management team? We need to love the fundamentals of the company, but then we need to make sure it's priced properly. Right. And we're disciplined, so we are not willing to overpay for a stock. So we'll identify, you know, maybe a stock's trading at 65 bucks. We love it, but we are not willing to pay more than $61 for it. Right. And we wait. And sometimes it falls into our lap and we back up the truck. Other times we miss it. So what? We're going to live to fight another day. Mm -hmm. But as you enter that position at $61, you had better know when you intend on exiting that position as well. Right. What is your rule and set that rule in advance? What's your rule for selling? 
Am I going to take it until it goes up 20% and then I'm out? Am I going to wait until it's trading at two standard deviations above its five-year historical PE ratio, right? Mm. I mean, there has to be some sort of rule that goes into play that informs you as to when you should be executing the sell order. And that's kind of something that every single one of these Reddit investors should be doing as they're entering positions. You should know when you're going to get out. You shouldn't blindly go into a position with diamond hands and just hold your breath thinking that it's going to, the price is going to stay elevated forever. That leads to it being a house of cards. <laughs> and as soon as the first person or first few people start selling, that house of cards will come down very quickly. Yep, no doubt. Yeah. So, you know, that's honestly a perfect segue into mine, which is something that you hear all the time. And we've talked about it. It's stay disciplined. So stay disciplined, I would say, really breaks down in my mind into three main categories. The first one is what Mark just talked about, setting price targets. So, you know, it's, I hear so many times from people, hey, I like the stock, we should buy it. That's probably one of the most common things that we hear, especially, you know, not only professionally, but with friends and family asking about the hot stock picks. There's always great companies out there. There's IPOs always, are perfect examples of that. Yeah, for sure. Right? Mm -hmm. And Airbnb goes public. It's like, hey, I've stayed at a few Airbnb places. I love it. Yeah. I want to buy the stock. Exactly. Yeah, but you're not getting in at the IPO <laughs> price. You're getting in 100% higher than the, you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you make a good point there. Yep. So definitely set those price targets. And along with that, <laughs> and hopefully you know, some of my friends who, who like to talk stocks are listening to this. It doesn't have to be an all or nothing proposition, right? So what Mark just said a few minutes ago, it makes total sense. Play with the house's money. If you make a, a great stock pick and it doubles in two weeks, you know, that type of stuff never used to happen ever. <laughs> I was just talking with Joe. Joe was talking with someone else here in the office about a stock that was up like 100%. And he came to the party late. Mm -hmm. He got in and the stock was up 27% yesterday. He's right. running around the office, you know, giving himself <laughs> attaboys, right? But I also talked with Chris about this a week ago saying 2020 was a weird year. And mm -hmm. I think 2021 is going to be the same kind of year where you can show up late to the party and the stock continues to run anyways. Yes. That is a phenomenal point. I was literally just talking with someone about that today. It's weird. Now, <laughs> this won't last forever. No. So milk it while you can, mm -hmm. but it won't last forever. Right. Absolutely. So yeah, that's exactly what we're seeing. It's just momentum on steroids, you know, yeah. for lack of a better term. So yeah, when you get into one of those and it rides up, you know, be disciplined, take some profits, get into the next idea. But the big ones I wanted to touch on in the stay disciplined arena is you have to stay invested. That's one of the main things that I've learned through the years. And it goes into the other point in this. Don't time the market because right. it eventually will not work. <laughs> All right. So when professionals are managing money, they are rarely, you know, going into huge cash positions. Correct. Okay. So getting in and out of stocks and selling everything that you have because you think volatility is coming up, that is a huge mistake. And even if it works four times, the fifth time that it doesn't work can take you back to, you know, ground zero. So no doubt you have to stay invested. Don't try to time the market because you have to do it perfectly forever <laughs> for it to work. Timing the market is a fool's game, right? It, it is. It's impossible. There's a piece that is circulated throughout our office and I can't give specifics. So I'm just going to wing this. I'm going to ballpark it. But 
basically, if you were to miss like the 10 best days of the stock market, I want to say your annual returns were pretty much cut in half. Oh, yeah. Like, it is absolutely crazy. And how many times over the course of the last few years, D, have you had a client concerned about an event? Whether it's Biden getting inaugurated or Trump four years before that getting inaugurated or tariffs or whatever it may have been, they panic, they're fearful, they think maybe it makes sense to go to cash. How many of those times has that worked? Basically, Never. none. <laughs> Unless you're a short-term trader, right. your crystal ball has to be right twice. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky if my crystal ball is right once. Exactly. <laughs> For my crystal ball to be right twice, for me to know when to get out and when to get back in is next to impossible. Mm-hmm. No one can do it. Right. I was just talking with a prospective client yesterday. He was with a big brokerage firm for a while and he switched. He moved his money to a wealth management firm, kind of like ours, about a year ago. And the guy he was working with pitched him on this algorithm kind of you know black box uh, trading strategy that was designed, and we've seen these before, oh, D, because yeah. mm-hmm. we've used them for sleeves of our portfolio, these black box strategies that are designed to protect the downside. They'll get you out before the crash happens, and then they get you in close to the bottom and you participate on the upside. It's the mm-hmm. best of both worlds. Right. They don't work that way. They malfunction, <laughs> right? So the market peaked in February of 2020. It bottomed right around, I don't know, March 20th of 2020. And right at about the bottom, it pulled them out. Mm-hmm. And then it was slow to react to get him back in. Right. Right. And last year from April through the end of the year, he was only up a couple percent. Everyone else I know was up substantially over right. that time frame. <laughs> so, you know, again, market time, even when you have a quote unquote black box crystal ball software, mm-hmm. even they don't get it right. Yep. I actually found what you were talking about because it was emailed recently. So Basically, what this is looking at is between January 1st, 95 and end of the year 2020. This is the S&P 500. If you were fully invested over that time period, you got an 8.4% return. If you miss the five best days over what, a 15-year period? 25. 25? <laughs> hey, no one ever Sorry. said we're good at math. <laughs> Just to go ahead and edit That's why that we out. have calculators. <laughs> Um, reading and thinking at the same time, obviously not my strong suit, (laughs) but if you just miss the five best days in that 25 year time period, you're down to six and a half percent return. If you miss the 10 best days, you're down to 5.2%. If you miss the 20 best days, you're down to 3.1%. Why are you even playing the game at that point? (laughs) Seriously? Why are you even playing? Yep. So, and if you miss the 40 best days over a 25 year period, you're negative. You're down 0.3%. God, 40 days over 25 years. That's absurd. Yeah. And I don't have this in front of me, but I know it's, it's a ridiculous percentage of after one of the worst days of the year, within two weeks, you have one of the best days of the year. It happens like 80, 90% of the time, something like that. So if you're pulling out on these high volatility times, you're likely missing that swing. Yep. Wow. I mean, there's got to be over the course of 25 years, over 5,000 trading days. Right. If you miss just 40 of them, Mm -hmm. you lost money. Negative. Wow. How do we know to be invested in just those 40 days? (laughs) (laughs) Where's that crystal ball? Let's check it. We'll get on Reddit and check it out. Maybe they got it figured out. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Good stuff. 
Lesson learned. There is no crystal ball. You cannot time this stuff. I hope everyone enjoyed our six actionable lessons for investors. I think these are important forever. Mm -hmm. They've always been important. You should make these rules that you kind of live by day after day, but they're even more important right now as investors who may not have the discipline are suddenly intrigued by the stock market. Right. You got to have a rule set to work (laughs) off of, right? And these six items are a good starting point, but you still need to build out a more robust system and rule set for yourselves if you really want to be successful in this game. Yep, for sure. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions, shoot us an email at info at swpconnect.com. Check out the show notes, the YouTube channel. All that stuff is right there on the website. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. And make sure you leave us a five-star review. If you do that, email us, let us know you did it, and we'll send you out some swag. As always, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week. Hey, it's Mark. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate it. Look, if you wouldn't mind, please go to your podcast app, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever you use, and give us a five-star rating and review. You know, the best way for us to continue to educate and enlighten every single one of you is for more and more people to know about us, and your review would help us with that. Also, we've had quite a few listeners reach out to us lately asking about financial planning. So we've decided to offer a special to every single one of our listeners. It's a $495 comprehensive financial plan. No strings attached. You don't have to move your investments under our management. We're not going to use the plan as a gimmick to sell you a product. There's absolutely no hidden agenda and no further obligation on your part. You just get great conflict-free advice from us. And all you have to do is visit your495plan.com. That's your495plan.com. Fill out your info. One of our certified financial planners will reach out and begin to build out your plan. Visit your495plan.com today.